Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Bar Pass Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. Yeah, so for these, generally we pick three questions that we get from different sources of social media, the social needs, our Facebook group, Instagram, email, TikTok, whatever. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Question number one, what is the best way to cool down from a workout? So I think that depends on what you were just doing, right? So uh, how it depends on how what you were just doing and how fast your heart rate recovers if it was cardio, right? So were you sprinting? Did you run 10 miles? Or were you just bench pressing? Uh, in general, uh, cool down is a time to get your heart rate back down to normal levels. Um, and if you were doing cardio and you're fit cardiovascularly, you're probably going to recover your regular heart rate levels pretty quickly, right? The fitter you are, the quicker your heart rate comes back down. Um, but if you're newer to exercise or you know your cardiovascular health needs improvement, you'll probably want to take a little walk or take some time to slowly bring those levels back down to normal if it was a cardio workout. Yeah. So like Heather said, it, it depends on what type of workout you're doing. Like if you're doing a strength training workout, well, you have that recovery period in between your sets. So essentially when you're doing your set of, let's just say squats, for example, your heart rate will get up a little bit, right? But then... Or a lot of it, if it's or, a lot. Right, or a lot of <laughs> it. It's like sets of 10 <laughs> or higher. Um, so during your rest period, if you're actually resting, which you should be doing, um, and we'll talk about that in the next question, but <laughs> um, then it'll come back down. So you kind of have, you know, that kind of like up and down during your workout as far as like heart rates up, recovery time. So if you're ending your strength training workout, your heart rate, it's not going to be that high as if you were like, you, you know, like doing some sort of like 10 mile run or some other type of cardio CrossFit. exercise. <laughs> CrossFit. Yeah. Or <laughs> CrossFit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, again, like if, if you are kind of newer and your heart rate's just super, super high, even after a strength training workout, yeah, maybe like just walk around and like let your heart rate come back down to normal levels. Um, or maybe slightly above resting levels. But either way, whether it's cardio, whether it's a cardio workout or a strength training workout, this is a good time if you want to do some static stretching, if you really need to work on your flexibility, this is a great time to do it. So what I mean by static stretching is just holding a position depending on what joint you're working at, right? So maybe your hips are super tight. Maybe as your heart rate, you know, is coming down um, and it's, it's, well, I guess after your heart rate has come down, you're kind of just sitting in these stretched positions. Um, maybe like you're holding just like a 90, 90 position if your hips are super tight or maybe just like a, you know, one of those classic shoulder stretches or whatever. The, the reason why I say this is because after your, whatever type of exercise it is, your joints are warmed up usually. So it's a good time to just kind of hold those stretches. Granted, like you can do this at other times of the day as well, but this is a really good time to do that because you won't have to like, work through, you know, that quote unquote tightness before getting into these positions where you're holding a stretch. Um, yeah, for the most part with static stretching, you want to be a little bit warm before you do that. Now that's different than mobilizing and doing dynamic stretching, right? You that is kind of a warm up when you're doing dynamic stretching, you can usually roll right into that. But when you're holding those passive those static stretches where you're using some sort of outside force to help you with the stretch, whether that's your own hand or the wall or whatever it is, that's when you want to be warm beforehand. So it doesn't really make sense to do these at any other time of the day. Um, because if you do them before your workout, what are you going to warm up, then do your static stretching, let your 
your heart rate come down and then have to, you know, go back yeah. and warm up again. So that's why it's best to do it at the end of your workout. Yeah. And if you are just like, if you have the time to do it, um, I think, well, I really do feel like everyone should probably be incorporating some more flexibility training. So yeah. just kind of holding these stretches, but you know, not everyone has the time to do it. So if you have a little time at the end of your workout, this is a really good time to incorporate that in. So I don't know, like, I guess it can be considered kind of a cool down just because you are, you know, uh, just kind of sitting there and holding. But I think the most important thing, and you can do this while you're stretching, is to focus on your breathing, right? Yeah. So the absolute best thing you can do um, post-training or for your cool down is to shift from sympathetic to parasympathetic mode, right? So basically all that means is, you're when you're working out, you're kind of putting your body in that state of like fight or flight mode, right? So kind of adrenaline's kind of pumping, you know, everything you're more alert, you're, you know, doing all these movements. So everything's kind of in that excitatory, like kind of stage, right? So the parasympathetic mode is just bringing back down to resting. And the best way to do this is to do some deep breathing exercises post workout. So you utilizing your diaphragm, and I'll have Heather kind of like break this down. But basically, you're getting your body to start calming down and get into that recovery mode faster because that's the most important part of your workout, right? Is the recovery and adaptation after. So if you can get into that process quicker, then you're going to be putting, setting yourself up for um, better success for, for any type of training modality that you're doing. So let's talk about like, okay, the, the deep breathing. So utilizing your diaphragm. I know we've talked about this before, but just like quickly, Oh, like a, what it is. Yeah. Like what diaphragmatic breathing is and like how you can like, I don't know, utilize it with. Yeah. Well, if you're stretching. training, you should be using it true. for the most part. That's the first thing that I think everyone needs to learn how to do is breathe correctly. So hopefully you're doing it. But if not, um, yeah, you can just you can do some practice with this. Or if you find yourself in your workout, like you start with diaphragmatic breathing and then you end up just like doing shallow chest breathing and you're you find yourself like not very good at it. It's this is a good time to practice. Um, yeah. So you one of the things that I like to do. Um, to help people get this concept is just to lay on, lie on your back on the floor, put one hand on your chest and put one hand on your stomach. And you're just going to inhale and try to make the, the hand on your stomach go up and not so much the hand on your chest. And if the hand on your chest does go up, that's okay. It should go up second though. We really want to focus on expanding the rib cage. Um, it's not really just the belly, but you'll, you'll feel it mostly in the belly. Um, you can also do this seated. You can put both hands on the outside of your rib cage. Um, and that should also expand when you're breathing in. Um, and so that's kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah. So definitely practice, just do like a few breaths, like after your last set or after your last sprint or whatever you're doing. Um, and that way you're, it'll help bring your heart rate back down to, to normal levels. Yeah. Um, first of all, but, um, it's just really good to, to train because your diaphragm is a muscle. So it's really good to train it. And that's how we as humans should be breathing in general anyways. But I think going back to the the static stretching or the flexibility component, this is a really good time to do both. So to get the most out of your stretching, it, uh, in order to do that is to focus on your breathing because now you're focusing on kind of like owning that position while like breathing into it and kind of thinking about all the, the muscles you're trying to contract and then just like sitting up tall in that position or whatever position you're holding. So that's a really good way to kind of like combine the two. Um, and that'll be a really nice way to kind of shift into recovery mode. But if, if you're kind of just like, fuck it, I don't want to do any flexibility training after your workout <laughs> or whatever, you can just literally sit there, like Heather said, and maybe do some box breathing. I think mm -hmm. I love box breathing. Anytime I'm like super stressed or maybe like if I, I don't know, I'm trying to fall asleep, this is what I'll do. So box breathing is just, um, your essentially you're holding. So you're inhaling for, let's just say four to five seconds 
You're trying to just purely inhale through your nose and then you're going to hold that breath for four to five seconds and then you're going to try to exhale for longer so usually i like to try to exhale for eight to ten seconds and then you can add in another hold after the exhale um you don't have to but generally that's like a that's an example of a box breathing protocol and just doing a few rounds of that post-workout will really help you to cool down and kind of bring your heart rate back down to normal and then again like i said shift into that recovery mode so yeah okay all right question number two uh, okay. We touched on this, but how important are rest periods between sets? Yeah, this is a good one. I kind of went on a rant about <laughs> this in our Facebook group because I, I've been seeing this a lot. Um, and I think I saw someone ask this as well, but so this is honestly the most, po- most important part of your strength training workout because the rest periods are what makes it a strength training workout. Okay. So let me explain. If you're going from exercise to exercise with little to no rest, even if it's like squats, deadlifts, overhead presses, whatever, it doesn't matter because if you're not resting in between sets, then you're doing, you're, you're, you're doing some endurance training. You're not actually strength training. The rest is what dictates the recovery in between sets so that you can get the most um, intensity out of your next set. So if you're, again, if you're going from exercise to exercise with no rest in between, the stimulus you're giving your body to adapt and grow from is endurance, right? So you're telling your body to get better at endurance training versus build muscle and get stronger. So again, rest periods are what dictates your strength training workout. This is so important. I see so many of my clients... (laughs) don't follow this. And it's very frustrating because it's like, yeah, I get it. Like we're trying to save time. We're trying to do all these things in a day, but like, God, if this is the time that you need to scroll on Instagram, like if this is the one time a day, like do it. If that causes you to rest in between your sets, like fucking scroll on Instagram and just take your full rest period. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very frustrating to see because I was this person too. I would be like, well, there's like so many things I can do in this three minutes that I have to rest. So I'm just going to like maybe try some, I don't know, get a little cardio in at one point in my life, or I'm going to like pace around and walk around or stretch or whatever. It's like, no, just sit there and rest. Yeah. I think the obsession with being efficient in our lives can really bring us to a place of inefficiency, right? So like in this instance, you think you're being more effective and getting the most out of your time by doing all this cardio between your sets. But in reality, if your goal is actually to build muscle and strength, like Katie said, the rest periods are critical to allowing that recovery between sets. So you can actually push the next set to the intensity that was prescribed. So gassing yourself out between those sets is not going to improve your performance on the next lift. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I honestly would rather have you do less of your work. So not even finish your workout or whatever it's written for you for, for the day and take the full rest period that I'm writing for you or whatever the program dictates. That would be way more effective because if you're doing, let's say you only get through, let's say it's a full body workout and you only get through your sets of squat and bench press or something, for example, I would much rather you only get through those two movements and bring the utmost intensity to each set because you're giving yourself adequate rest versus trying to squeeze everything in in 40 minutes and you're maybe now resting 60 seconds in between sets and now your your weight's going down every set. You're feeling really tired by the last set. And I just, in my opinion, it's way, it's, it's far more effective to just take the rest versus like trying to cram everything into once kind of like Heather was talking about. Like I think being people efficient. also take this too far when it comes to like high intensity interval, tra- interval training, yeah. right? So like, Hit is some it's it, people have taken it to this whole nother level. Like yeah. it's supposed to be interval training, yeah. which means highs and lows. And I think what people get confused about is they think it means high intensity, high intensity, high intensity. Yeah. And so I used to teach, <laughs> I used to teach classes in Chicago at these gyms, group fitness and classes, group fitness classes. 
One of them was a, I think it was my cycling class where I got a complaint once uh, because someone was very, very adamant that it was too easy (laughs) because we were taking actual recoveries between the hard sprints. And my thought on that is you're not sprinting hard enough if you don't need to rest. And if you're not resting, you're not able to sprint hard enough. So you're really not doing hit. You're just doing endurance training. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like funny, (laughs) like training, training. Well, when I used to train at the, the big box, gyms in chicago it's like i would see all these trainers they'd be doing like one move to another move to another move to another move and it's like sometimes i would talk to these clients and trainers and it's like yeah well it's hit i'm like no it's fucking not <laughs> like you're just basically doing endurance exercise or circuit yeah. training or whatever fancy term you want to call it like high intensity interval training that means you're going all out which means you need to rest because you cannot go all out without resting like you have to let your your cells regenerate so to regenerate the atp the ATP is yeah. that right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why it slipped my mind for a second, but to be able to perform the next high intensity set. And I feel like with the high intensity interval training, you're going to deplete those like ATP stores as you go. So like you're maybe you're the first few sets you're doing like all out, even with that full rest and recovery by the last few sets of sprints or whatever you're doing, like it's probably not going to be your maximal effort. Right. And this, this is where people went wrong with Tabata, right? Like yeah. Tabata was originally a study done on um was it cross-country skiers i don't want to get this yeah wrong, i think it was i think it was cross-country skiers but it was basically very very intense right so, yeah 20 four minutes all out anaerobic effort at 20 seconds right with wait yeah yeah so it's 20, 20 seconds, seconds on 10 <laughs> oh seconds God, rest so but the thing with it is is that it's so it, even with the short rest period there it's anaerobic because the total training time was four minutes yeah that because four it's minutes. so intense like yeah. To, it, it, and again, like it does depend on your protocol, but like it, you can't do, if you're doing like 16 rounds of Tabatas, you're doing <laughs> you're endurance doing training. It. You're not going all out. Like the fact is the, the workout itself, where these adaptations occurred, it was four minutes and these people were monitored and were going as fucking hard as they could for those 20 seconds. Right. And yes, they only had 20 seconds re- or 10 seconds rest. But if you think about it, you can probably get up to about four minutes at like the most when it comes to anaerobic training. Right. I don't, I don't know, but like the little rest in between the 20 seconds, like the 10 seconds, I think is what allows you to get there. But yeah, your anaerobic capacity is like all at once is what, like 30 seconds. I, no, I think it's actually 20 or less. Oh, 20 or I, less. I think yeah. it depends on your fitness level. These were high level athletes though. Yeah. Yeah. Study, so. so it was a little bit higher. Yeah. So anyways, moral of the story, take your rest periods, especially when it comes to strength training. And I want to just touch on like different rest periods. That's great to switch those up there are studies now showing that if you rest longer in between sets you need you um actually need less sets to see the strength and muscle gain so really yeah i think um lane norton shout out um talked about it interesting he highlighted on his instagram and i thought that was very interesting but it makes sense because you're able to recover so you're pushing that intensity for the next set the longer your rest period so Mm. it kind of just makes sense but you know sometimes you'll have like 90 seconds rest sometimes it'll be up to three minutes if maybe you're doing more of like a strength strength type protocol where you're working in the the lower rep ranges but either way i would probably err on the longer sets of rest um but also like it's okay to vary it you know down to like 60 to 90 seconds sometimes especially if you are that power lifting person who automatically rest five minutes in between sets maybe it's good for you to drop (laughs) down to 60 to 90 seconds but generally for most people they're not that person and most people that we see they're doing like 30 seconds or less and it's like no 
you're doing endurance training <laughs> we need to just prioritize the strength training and the rest period is what makes it so right. okay cool question number three is going to the gym twice per day too much okay so <laughs> For most people, short answer, absolutely 1000% yes, most likely. Okay, so let me, there are a couple nuances, which I'll get to. If you're strength training two times per day, like you're doing a full on like strength training workout twice a day, then fuck yeah, this is way too much. Or okay, another context where it's too much, you're doing like your strength training workout, you know, an hour or more or whatever. And then you're doing a hit workout later, kind of like just we just six talked tabatas. about, you know, six Tabatas <laughs> later, then 1000% this is too much and will absolutely hinder your recovery, which means you will not progress. I promise you. So I do want to break down situations where it would not destroy your gains. Okay. So maybe you're strength training in the morning and then maybe you have like a sedentary desk job and it's the middle of winter and you know you're not going to walk outside after work. So the only place that you're going to do it is at the gym. Then yes, go for it. So if you're, you know, strength training in the morning and you walk at night, I think that's totally fine. Um, Even if you went a couple times a day to the gym, which seems very inefficient to me, but if you needed to go at lunchtime to get some steps in, you needed to go at dinner time to get some steps in, whatever, go for it. But if you're doing like two intense workouts a day, absolutely not. Um, And then, okay, another case, I guess, would be okay. Let's say you have an hour workout plan. So maybe like six exercises, let's say, and three of them takes a half hour. Maybe you do 30 minutes in the morning. So maybe you're getting three exercises in the morning and then maybe you go back later at night to finish it. That would be okay too. But from I feel like the person who is asking this question is probably upset with their progress. They're frustrated with where they're at and they just want to do more to see these results. And that is not the answer. And going to the gym two times a day is is not going to do anything for you. So yeah, I think like you just mentioned, there are instances, especially if you're like a trainer, right? Yeah. That's when I think of people who need to split their workouts up. Yeah. Like for instance, yeah, if you go early in the morning and you're like, okay, I have, you know, 30 minutes before my client and you get something in and then you train your clients and then you're, you know, you have, you have a little break and then you have your lunchtime workout. And yeah. Then, yeah. So well, that that's fine. Yeah. That's literally what I did today. So I had a, like yeah. an earlier client. So I did like my squats and Romanian deadlifts in our home gym here. And then I showered and then I finished the rest of my workout after my clients. And I have the, the, the benefit of my schedule to be able to do that. And I get like, not everyone has that type of schedule, but that's just the life of a personal trainer, right? Like I used to do that sometimes um, back in Chicago when we were training, but yeah, I, it's just like, if you're trying to do the moral of the story here is if you're trying to do two intense workouts a day, because you're frustrated with where you're at, there's something else that you need to look at. It's not the intensity or um, whatever with your workouts. It's, okay, what does your programming look like? How's your diet? How's your stress, recovery, sleep? There's so many other things to check and work on before adding another workout. That's really never going to be the case. Even if like you're a professional bodybuilder where you eat, sleep, and breathe this, your stress is in check, and like you're sleeping 10 hours a night. Like, unless you're on steroids, I really don't feel like this is good for anyone to be doing too intense workouts every single day just i think sometimes they will go in the morning and do their cardio and then go at night and do strength right well, yeah i get that which yeah if that's the part of your competition prep you're in i guess that makes sense well yeah that makes sense but again like they're bodybuilders in their their livelihood depends on how they look right yeah. and but they're still having to manage that intensity like they're not doing like 
an intense cardio session, an intense weightlifting session, like, because if they're in contest prep, there's no way they're going to be able to bring that intensity to both sessions. Right. So it's probably just like walking in the morning or like, I don't know, whatever light cardio they're doing and then trying to like eat and gain some energy for their strength training workouts. Yeah. I also think of this as like in terms of people who do races, right? Like people who do bike races or they're running and they Mm -hmm. think, um, like I feel like people want to do, they're like, well, I'm going to bike every day or whatever their, you know, cadence is. And then I got to get in these strength training workouts. So I'm going to go back. Um, which I mean, if you have a light, light bike ride, like that makes sense to me. Like you could do, you know, a little bit of cardio and a little bit of strength and you'll be fine. But I would rather see like a balanced program where you have a couple of solid strength training workouts that week. And that's the only thing you're doing that day. And then you've got your mileage in on the other days. Yeah. Like for the endurance, um, athletes and just like endurance enthusiasts that I've trained, I've always preached this to them. Like if, if anything, the, the day or two that you meet with me, like, please don't do anything else because I just want your body to know that that's what we've prioritized so that it can grow and actually build some muscle and, um, so for them, the most important thing is to prevent injuries, right? So they can right. do their endurance training and yeah, probably look, you know, good too a little bit, but it's for the most part, it's, it's keeping their joints healthy. So I just need that strength training stimulus to be there. So doing it on separate days completely is going to be your best bet. Like you have, there's seven days in the week, like you can get your mileage in on the other five days. Um, because I know like if you're this endur- endurance enthusiast, like you're prioritizing this, like this is one of your main priorities in life. So but yeah, like I, I just feel like for the the greater context of the pe- the the person that's listening to us, yeah, the reason why they're doing the two a days is to try to like do more and make it more intense so they see better results, and that's not the case, especially yeah. if when it comes to strength training. Um, and I and I include high intensity cardio in there too, like just burning yourself out is not the way to do it. Right. Yeah. I would rather you just move more throughout your day. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I was with the, with the walking example, like if it's going to get you to move more, like if you're just like either going to sit on the couch and like after a day, a sedentary day of working versus like you going to the gym and walking on the treadmill, like, please go do that. Um, doesn't seem feasible. Maybe just like buy a treadmill if you can or yeah. go walk outside. Watch Netflix while on the treadmill. Yeah. But I mean, like <laughs> if it's like, no, I'm only going to go to the gym or go to my like, garage gym or whatever, then yeah, totally do that. But that's really the only context I could see it yeah. happening. Yeah. Or splitting your workout into two times per day. But all right. Cool. Rant, little ranty Q&A <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> I like that. A little ranty. I'm sure everyone. Ranty. Yes. I feel like that's just our podcast in general. So totally cool. If you have questions, um, like I said in the beginning, hit us up in our Facebook group. That's where we take the most of them. Instagram, slide into the DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe TikTok. We're kind of on there. Sort of. <laughs> maybe one day that'll change. Yep. People like who go back and listen and they'll like, you know, get ahead and they'll finally see that we're like on TikTok. But as of right now, January of 2023, we are not. I mean, we are, we but, are, but we're not like intensely on TikTok. Okay. So the best places are Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> email, because we're cool like that. If you want to reply to our newsletter and ask us questions, that'd be great too. But um, yeah. All right. Awesome. Cool. See you next time. Peace out. Peace out.